Hello there. This is Jolie Bindo from the Hollow Chronicles of a Jedi podcast. You're listening to the Old Republic podcast. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating review, and Brian and Cassia will feature it on the pod. Now, enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you, always. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. The question is what choice? Rebellions are built on hope. Make ten men feel like a hundred. I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. Hello everyone and happy spooky season, aka Halloween in this galaxy not so far away. Uh, hope you're having a good one, not getting so many tricks, but many treats, you know? Uh, I should have been drinking a pumpkin spice latte, but I am not. Yeah. Yeah. You should have. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you should have. But uh, yeah, we hope everyone is having a good Halloween season, a good spooky season, uh, you know, watching some uh, good scary movies and eating some candy, having some apple cider, doing all of their uh, favorite fall things. But we wanted to uh, put together a little bit of a fun Halloween episode. Um, and we decided if we were going to do a really fun Halloween episode, we needed to have some guests with us, Cassia. Yeah. And today I am really excited because we don't just have one guest we have two guests and today we are joined by Huni and marcus Woo! yay thank you, thank, oh. you, thank you hey 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 how y'all doing <laughs> we are we are doing awesome and we're very excited to have the both of you on um now uh to give everyone a little bit of a uh, peek behind the curtain Huni sent me a message a few weeks back and said hey you know what would be a really good idea is to do this Halloween episode where we come up with some uh, Halloween pitches in the Star Wars world and I said Huni that is brilliant that is the best idea ever let's get something and put it together and then Huni had another great idea and he said well if we're going to be making our own like scary movies we should probably get Marcus to come on the episode too and I said Huni you are a genius twice over can't even believe it what a great idea and that is exactly what we did yeah so here we are and hopefully it's the greatest episode ever and if it's not it's probably because of me and brian not because of our <laughs> awesome guests so yeah we can just blame it fair. on the pumpkin spice okay we just uh, do it on that <laughs> yeah yeah that is fair. That is that is fair. That is fair. But um, for everyone listening out there, if they're not familiar with uh, Huni and Marcus, uh, I should go back to the back catalog because uh, each of these uh, fine gentlemen have been on the podcast uh, several times now um, and have covered some really amazing and some really important topics. But let's start with you, Huni. Uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit uh, uh, about yourself? Uh, my name is Ali Huni. Uh, I mean, Huni. Oh, man. I've been doing a lot of like storytelling and stuff recently, like culture things. So I just defaulted. Okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, my name is Huni. Um, I am a nerd. I'm a fellow nerd. Uh, I don't appreciate pumpkin spice as much as some other people on the call. Um, I'm not trying to draw lines in the sand, but, um, you know, it's kind of bland. Anyway, yeah, so I'm an artist. I draw things. I do stuff. Um, I'm working on my own career. Um, I don't know how much I can say about that, but I soon shall be published. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's yeah. All the things. Uh, my belly does flips when I think about it. So you know, um, I'll stop thinking about it for a little bit. Yeah, I'm a big old nerd. Um, I'm in the middle of Clone Tober as we speak. 
and I am so weak. Uh, it was so many late nights, so many things, so many clones, so many old clones, and this is my third season of Clonetober, and I might switch it up next year. But yeah, um, you said way too many very kind things about me, and my stomach did more flips. So um, <laughs> thank you. Um, I, I, uh, it, was, it was a fun idea. I, I watch a lot of horror movies, and I am very happy to be joined by so many fellow uh, movie film TV uh, followers as well. And um, yeah, I think we're going to have a really great podcast. And yeah, for everyone in the audience that are huge film heads, this uh, can be a pretty fun theater of the mind, I think, because I've been stewing on my idea personally for a good while. Um, and yeah, thanks uh, thanks for having me on. But Hooney, did you, did you know that you were getting published? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just wanted to make your stomach do more flips, dude. I am so yeah, happy no, for no. you. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be a. Um, it's based on one of our legends, and it's a whole thing, and um, one of many. So uh, the ball is rolling. I so. want a signed copy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll be uh, that'll be wild. Uh, I gotta work on my signature. It's gonna. Mm-hmm. Be, it, it still looks like chicken scratch, but anyway. That is amazing, and yeah, thank you again for this great idea, and thanks for coming on. We appreciate you uh, joining up and you know sharing these good ideas with us, and we appreciate you you know bringing uh, bringing the idea of having Marcus on the podcast with us. So, Marcus, welcome back to the podcast. It's been uh, quite a while. I think the last time we had you on was back before Celebration, and uh, Star Wars has uh, changed a lot in those last couple of months. But how are you doing? Welcome back. I'm back, baby. Uh, oh, okay. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm doing great. Uh, it's gr- it's great to be back on again. Celebration was amazing, and I met some of your fans out there, guys. Of the Old Republic podcast, they were awesome, oh, and nice. uh, awesome. talked to a lot of people about lightsabers and stuff like that. Since I bought one from uh, what's the name of the company? Oh my god, I just forgot it. I'm Sorry. staring right oh, at boy. it. No, 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 no. <laughs> this one's way more expensive. Anyway, Saber Trio. That's the name of the company. There it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Loved them. And I ran into so many people that had them. Anyway, Star Wars Celebration was amazing. It was everything I dreamed of, getting to seeing all the Star Wars fans, all the cosplay, meeting up with fellow YouTubers and podcasters, and seeing uh, trailers for stuff that's coming up, like Mandalorian Season 3, um, uh, Tales of the Jedi, all that amazing stuff. And I got to see the first episode at Celebration, so it was awesome. I can't say Ooh. anything about it because I don't want to spoil anything. But it was awesome. And, uh, yeah. And, of course, I'm here just to celebrate Star Wars and do something very spooky with Star Wars. So, and, of course, for everybody else listening out there, I am hard at work on Hollow Chronicles Season 3. I am prepping the final episode right now. And it's a lot, guys. So, trust me. Be patient with me. I'm only one man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, our our patience is wearing thin, but we are very excited about uh, Hollow Chronicles season three, and can't wait for for that to come out into the world for sure. Yes. Well, so what we thought we would do, um, I kind of touched on a little bit, you know, kind of an in, uh, introduction there, but uh, we wanted to kind of go and give everyone a little bit of a Halloween special uh, kind of thing. Now, 
you might think of like a Halloween special. We saw one from Lego, the Lego Star Wars, the Terrifying Tales that came out last year. You know, it's kind of these like little like short stories broken up into the Star Wars world. You might think of, you know, something like The Simpsons, Treehouse of Horror, or the, like The Twilight Zone, where there are these kind of like bite-sized sort of little horror stories. And we thought that that's what we could do today. We'd kind of just go around and give our kind of Star Wars and KOTOR themed like horror or uh, spooky stories, you know, get everyone in the mood for Halloween a little bit. Uh, but Hooney, Marcus, do you guys have like favorite, you know, fall or Halloween memories, like, you know, do a trick or treating or any favorite like scary movies that you watch every year? Um, you know, this time of, time of year, you know, I've got a, got a couple that I always throw on myself, but what about you guys? You, you first, Hooney, what you got? Alrighty, sir. Um, yeah, um, I kind of just go through the greats. I rewatch a lot of uh, my favorite horror movies. Uh, I know in particular The Thing is one that really uh, affected mm-hmm. me whenever I was younger. Uh, I was visiting a friend, and his his dad sat down, and my buddy was you know sleeping, whatever. I think it was like a sleepover. I woke up early, and it was like a I think it was a snowy, snowy day, so it was the perfect, perfect environment. And I sat down with uh, my buddy's dad, and we watched. Like I watched the first few minutes of the thing, and then from there I was just hooked. And yeah, it's such a such a great movie. Um, that's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I rewatch Aliens. I try to at least uh, once a year. Um, I've got the whole box set uh, on DVD, even on DVD. So that's one that I go through pretty often. And um, yeah, the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Um, they're fun. They get kind of wonky. Uh, the Freddy ones get even wonkier, but uh, those are a, a, <laughs> Dream those are Warriors, a baby. Well. Dream Warriors is the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, the you know, the video game controller and stuff. And mm-hmm. Freddy, uh, you know. <laughs> wow, what a time. I mean, all right. A, a, a victory for all set designers and, you know, those uh, makeup people. Let's, yeah. let's lean into that. Yeah, not so much maybe the story and, like, how wonky Freddy becomes, but... Yeah, for sure. It's a great time, and uh, I'm always on the lookout for uh, spooky flicks that actually freak me out, like uh, The Witch and Midsummer and all those A24 flicks. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about what about you, Marcus? Any any favorite uh, Halloween memories or uh, you know things you look forward to every year once we get to this season? You know, we've already we've all talked about our love of uh, pumpkin spice lattes now. So, so uh, are you going you uh, Starbucks? Talk, Starbucks Day One? Oh yeah, that was me. That was me. That was me. I'm not a fan yeah, of pumpkin was, flavored stuff. I'm not not necessarily a fan of pumpkin flavor pumpkin flavored stuff or the pumpkin spice. I don't really drink coffee, so that's my thing. Uh, oh. I was always partial to soda, but I just gave that away after so many years. Um, oh, favorite yeah. memories for Halloween? Well, for me, um, some of my favorite memories for when I was living in Texas my, in my childhood. Um, we would go around the neighborhood. Everybody would know each other. We'd all just like be like, yeah, uh, you're, you're Michael Myers this year. Oh, you're Freddy. Oh, that's cool. And then somebody came out as Leatherface and scared the whole neighborhood. But at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> but imagine like a six-year-old running up with a little yellow chainsaw going. <laughs> that is, that, that's mean to little kids in Texas. Come on. I, I, dude, I mean, somebody's <laughs> got to do it at some point. Um, that's true. That's true. So the funny thing is, with Halloween, I did do a Luke Skywalker um, build at one time. Uh, I had the original uh, Return of the Jedi lightsaber hilt um, and put some little duct tape on the end of the blade back whenever the blades actually were like sticking out like a, like what, about two or three inches and you have to flip it out and it comes out. 
Um, mm. I put that on my mm. hip and I walked around with like some cloth that I taped together and just like, I am Luke Skywalker wearing all black. But after that, all my costumes were like movie based. So I was Lieutenant Harrigan okay. from Predator 2. Um, mm. <laughs> nobody knew who that was. I was uh, Jay from Men in Black. Uh, there's there's a lot that I did. I think one year mm. I went as a Ghostbuster. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Um, but... Yeah, one of the my most favorite memories. Me and my my oldest friend Russell. Um, me and him were walking around the neighborhood, and you know the older kids they used to you know run around throw eggs at people's houses or uh, you know mess with people's candy or there'd be like a deal going down. What you got in your bag? What you got? Do you got you got Snickers or you got Twix? Oh, they give out full full <laughs> bars down the street. Go get it, kind of situation. So we had all that, oh, and people, yeah. we heard that it's like Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Parker's giving out full st- Snickers down the street. Go! And then everybody would run to that house, and within seconds, all of it would be gone. But I remember <laughs> uh, my friend Russell. He was Michael Myers that year, and I was Lieutenant Harrigan. So we were just walking down the street, and then these two big old dudes, like high schoolers or whatever, they were just like messing with them because. My friend Russell really got into it, so he would just walk just like Michael Myers, just like walking up to people, and they would spray like you know silly string at him, and he just kept walking through it, walking through it, mm-hmm. and then they got it in his eye. He got really mad, and then just took off his mask, <laughs> and then just like jumped on one of them. But then oh, I no. took my huge pillowcase. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We didn't have these, you know bags or nothing like that the little decorative bags we use pillowcases and just mine was full so i just whipped it around my head and hit the dude that hit him uh sprayed him with spray paint it was fun <laughs> oh wow we laughed it, it, it wasn't <laughs> like you know a major violent fight but it was hilarious we all just like burst into laughter mm-hmm. afterwards and we just went off on our own thing but um what i like to do every halloween uh as i got older um i like to watch you know horror movies from time to time uh, I have a set number of few, uh, movies that I watch every year, uh, but mm-hmm. I also refresh just like, okay, what else is new? What have I not seen? Um, Drag Me to Hell is one of my number ones to go to for Halloween. Wow. Oh, yeah. I okay. love that one. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. That's awesome. That is Ooh. a great, great movie. So good. I just watched that for the first time recently. That was a good time. Ooh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. It's so speaky. Um, and there are a lot of them. Oh, and I don't care what anybody says. Speaking of Jason and Freddy, Freddy versus Jason, baby, one of the greatest yes, cinematic, one of the greatest cinematic <laughs> yes, pictures ever to be made. Okay, that was the Don't look at Such a great time! Oh my gosh! Yes, I love it. One of my, I, sorry, sorry. I oh, have, one of my most favorite <laughs> memories. Yeah, so in the, the utmost. Yeah. Oh. So here's yeah. the thing. When I went to go see that in theaters, it was the middle of the day. Uh, it's a quick story. Mm-hmm. So me and my dad, my dad was about to go to work. So he was like, all right, what do you want to go see? I can drop you off at the movies. Like, all right, cool. I want to go see Freddy versus Jason. And he was like, really? I was like, yeah, I do. So he took me up to the theater. And this is back whenever parents, you know, buy tickets for their kid and they can just go in. So the lady behind the counter, yeah. she was an older woman. She just uh, walked up. My dad was like, give me, uh, give me one for Freddy versus Jason. My stupid self decided to stand next to my dad. I should have stayed, you know, behind him or a little bit further away. And then the woman goes, is, it, is this for your child? Is this movie for your child? I was like, no. It, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's for my kid. That's exactly how she sounded. Well, he's too young. He can't watch that. You have to buy a ticket with him. I was like, all right, man. 
And my dad was mad. He didn't want to stay and watch the movie. So he stayed through the trailers mm-hmm. and stuff like that for the first 10 minutes. And if y'all seen the first 10 minutes of Freddy versus Jason, yeah. there's some stuff children should not be seeing. And then he got mad. <laughs> yep. He was just like, he's like, you better call me when this movie's over. It's like, all right, cool. Bye, Dad. Mm-hmm. And he goes to he goes, he goes to work. My mom picks me up after the movie. But I didn't care. My dad was mad because I was taking me an R-rated movie. He didn't want me to watch that. But I, I don't care. I got to see a great movie. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I also have a fun story uh, related to uh, Freddie B. Jason. Um, yeah, yeah. Go for yeah, it. Go for it. It is, it is shorter as well. So my actual first horror movie was, I believe, Jason X. Oh, so my God. That's where I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was a young baby boy. Um, and yeah, of all the movies to watch and get scared of, it was Jason X. So that was like my first big horror movie. And then my my uncle had these big, you know, the big DVD cases with like all mm-hmm. the hundreds of movies, whatever. It felt like hundreds because you were young. Uh, he had all the Jason movies. So we started with X because it was new and I had no idea. I was like legitimately shaking under like the blankets and stuff and watching and getting like super scared. And then, you know, as a kid growing up with like storytelling, I started to figure out the tropes, like watching Jason yeah. X and then we watched the next one, Jason versus Bear <laughs> goes to Manhattan. And then like, yeah, I kind of just like figured it out. Yeah, I started with the bad ones, okay? I started <laughs> I started pretty a cult bad. Classic, okay. That's a cult Jason X has some fun fun kills for sure. Like the the ice bath situation. Oh my god. That was like Space fight, oh, man. Geez. I mean, come on. The space fight, truly, truly. And, and the, then you went the, back to uh, Friday the 13th and you said, "Where's Jason?" So <laughs> that is fun. Um so yeah, the dude that the commander guy that Lap, like bobs onto Jason X and rides him into the atmosphere. Legendary. Mm-hmm. Legendary. Yes. Anyway, so Freddy versus Jason. I watched all of these movies with my cousins and uh, one year I decided okay, I'm going to get myself a machete. I'm going to get myself a mask. I'm going to get myself, you know, like some kind of <laughs> tiny little, you know, uh, jumpsuit in a, like a beat up coat. So I did. I got all the things. I put all this stuff on and I went to the uh, Boys and Girls Club after school. So that was like where all the native kids were. That's where we would hang out. That's where we would stay until our parents were done work. And it was, you know, it, it is the Boys and Girls Club. I was walking around this super horrible looking little boy <laughs> with like a bloody machete with like blood all over my mask. And like the, uh, I think it was like, it might have even been like the Jason Goes to Hell mask. And I was like oh, walking wow. around with that on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't remember where I got it. It was probably like a Walmart somewhere. Um, and I was walking around and I'm seeing like all of these, I don't remember what exactly the costumes were at the time, but they were like cute, you know, we're kids. Yeah. And, uh, I was walking around and I looked down the long hallway and in, I see the silhouette of someone wearing long taloned fingers and a really tattered up little black hat and uh, green and red stripes across their chest. And I walked towards that person. And they walked towards me, we faced off, we made eye contact, and that little Freddy asked me, Hoony? I was like, Cody? And it was my buddy Cody, and then I spent the rest of the night chasing him with a machete, and he was very small. I'm a bigger, I'm a bigger boy. Uh, I was bigger than two, and he was a very small boy, so the, the sizes worked out perfectly. And completely separate of each other, we, you know, pulled off the Freddy versus Jason. I won. Uh, a good couple times because yeah, I was a little bit faster. You know, maybe that breaks the canon, but 
Anyway, that was a that was a good time. That was a great great night. I want photos I and like, I want video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have I have a very chaotic photo of me as Django back in the day too. Like my eyes yeah. just like I'm just so happy. Anyway, sorry. I We're now a Freddy versus Jason podcast. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, indeed. Every Halloween, Freddie and Jason shall return uh, to take over the podcast. No, that's awesome. That is uh, that is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, what about what about you, Cassia? Any any like uh, fall fall memories or favorite fall foods or uh, okay. movies you like to watch come spooky season? Or I can't wait to just like bring the energy down to where I am because I'm more of a Christmas holiday special mm. kind of person and like. Mm-hmm. I, I like scary adjacent stuff, you know, uh, gotcha. like growing up, like trick or treating was fun. Like mm-hmm. uh, I, I dressed up as a Ninja Turtle, even though I think I like as a young, like I think I was like three or four. I was like, I can't have weapons because I'm a girl. And it's like, I just want to go back in time and be like, you can't have weapons. It's OK. <laughs> you know, <laughs> But you can have weapons if you're a turtle. Yeah, um, and that's awesome because that I dressed true. up as a Ninja Turtle too, Donatello. Best I was turtle. I was Leonardo because I, oh. I like blue. I was so. Michelangelo one year as an adult. And then cool. <laughs> were you Raphael, Hooney? I was no turtles. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> he was uh, we were so close. Yes, yeah, so. that's it. Sounds yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then one I year I was. Shredder. I don't know. Yeah, that that would I, I I can see that. So that's yeah good. with that's the good. Jason get up yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then one year I was Woody from Toy Story. This was pre-Jesse mm-hmm. years, you know, uh, in mm-hmm. Toy Story 2. But I was like, hey, I like being a cowboy, so why not? And then I was also Alice from Alice in Wonderland, the cute Disney uh, thing, you know, movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. one year I was Amidala, and uh, oh, that, no. that was fun. And then... I've always liked going to haunted houses and like corn mazes mm-hmm. and I think it's a missed opportunity to call corn mazes maze mazes like M A I Z E. Somebody's mazes. probably done that and I just don't get it. <laughs> well, I think they should. So, you know. <laughs> it might it's... only be me getting it, but I'll be like, "Eh, yeah, it's a pun." And it's right. clever. So <laughs> it is it's good for the puns, it is bad for business. But yeah, maze yeah. maze, that'd be fun. If yeah. you want maze with corn, then we should get her to watch Children of the Corn. And if, see, if you want Christmas no. horror, we got <laughs> we no. got you. We got no. you. We got no. uh, Black Christmas, no. we got Jack no. Frost, we got no. Krampus. No. There you go. Jack Frost. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. No. All right. All right, no. Freddie. Freddie and Jason, you get you get your one holiday. Uh, stop taking over all the holidays for sure. But okay. uh, no, that's that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was you know, remember trick or treating, watching those those movies. I still you know kind of watch the same uh, more or less couple of movies every year. I always watch Silence of the Lambs this time of year, um, which oh, is one boy. of my favorite movies just just in general. But I always watch it. You know, kind of this. Uh, the week of Halloween and, you know, remember those mm-hmm. days trick or treating. Like I said, I remember, uh, Donatello the one year, I remember one year I dressed up as like, um, like a hockey player and I was wearing my rollerblades, but I grew up in Ohio. So it was snowing and my mom came and got me and made me change out of my 
rollerblades because she was afraid I was going to fall down and I was uh, super yeah. uh, embarrassed. So I remember, I remember that. So thanks a lot for that, mom. But that's okay. Um, she was, she was just looking out for me. But yeah, I remember, you know, you'd get all the candy and most of the candy wasn't any good, but you'd still hoard it anyways. And you wouldn't let anyone else touch it or uh, have any, um, you know, you'd always get the favorites, like the Reese cups. I was really like the, like fun size Milky Way. That was always my jam. That was my favorite one. So yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good memories uh, revolving around Halloween. And I just like this time of year, the weather starts to cool off and uh, it just starts to, you know, be a little bit more, more comfortable. You can get outside and do some stuff, bonfires and not this year, it's man. all, all it's that hot. good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's right. Well, you grew up in Texas. So it was always it, hot. So. Uh, not hold on. We actually did. It actually was cold at, for uh, Halloween. It got really like down the low 70s uh low 60s uh sometimes whenever it came to halloween it was perfect yeah. you walk out with a uh, leather jacket and mm-hmm. all it was great do you uh, know what's I'm... nice when the weather is kind of gets a little bit cooler what you you go to haunted houses and corn mazes and then you're like oh no i'm scared can someone like hold my hand while i no. go through these and then it's like mm. can like can be romantic you know and <laughs> yeah and cassie was using the scares for romance i like exactly it. Yeah. oh mm-hmm. i'm yeah. more of a scary adjacent kind of person I, I don't really like go out and just watch horror movies i'm like um while i get some cider and hot cocoa not pumpkin spice lattes we're anti pumpkin <laughs> spice lattes on this podcast <laughs> and, and and Brian, if you say you're not, we're we're secretly we're not so oh secretly gosh. feuding about it. Just, so just I'll have to I'll have to have a pumpkin spice latte with uh, Atrius, and we'll talk behind <laughs> you guys behind your back for sure but, for but, sure. But what? Cass, <laughs> yeah. But wait a minute, Cassie. What if like you were sitting at home and you were like, oh, I want some apple hot cider. Here comes Freddie. I got some hot cider for you. I probably you wouldn't mm. recognize him because I haven't really seen that movie. So I would just be like, oh, <laughs> that it's needs the guy. to change. It's the guy with Actually, the hat. Actually, wouldn't the, that be? And the that would be to your benefit, scissors. really. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. that's true. Yeah. 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 Well, well. Speaking of benefits, why don't we, uh, why don't we, why don't we take the benefit of this little break right here and uh, get our wits about us because we have some important stuff to do today on the episode. So we want to each kind of go through our uh, pitches for what we think a really good kind of Kotor or Star Wars themed like horror movie or spooky movie, scary movie. Uh, you know, a uh, thrilling movie might be. And we each came up with some pitches. Now, Hooney, you and I each came up with two pitches. And Marcus and we Cassie did. each came up with one. Yeah. So I think what we should do is we should go ahead and get into our pitches. And why don't we start with you, Hooney? Why don't you go and then I'll go? Um, then we'll let Cassie go. And then we can do our second round and we'll we'll wind this thing up with uh, with Marcus. You know, Marcus has all that radio drama uh, experience. So something oh, tells me he's he's going he's gonna to bring, bring the heat with his. So why don't we... Uh, we we'll take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to jump into our Halloween pitches, uh, starting with Hooney. We'll be right back. So, as discussed previously on the podcast, previously on the Older Public podcast discussion, um, we talked about a little film franchise, a little type of film, The Slasher. We talked about Friday the 13th. I believe Halloween was mentioned. 
we are in good company if this is uh, where we want to lean genre-wise and vibe-wise. So I would like to see a story that takes place a little bit more similar to, let's say, uh, Tales from Vader's Castle, but uh, through T3's little you know, servos and its uh, voice box, tells a tale about a group of young Jedi Padawans that travel to a temple secluded from their masters. They're immersed in the elements, they have their teachings, they have um, you know, their knowledge, um, they have the force, they have each other, and they're surrounded by these ancient things. Now it is a time of wavering, of gray areas, of, um, you know, the Jedi are many, the Sith are many. And sometimes Jedi, you know, they, uh, they, they stray from the path. And these Padawans are left on their own, and maybe they don't follow their doctrines all to the point. So maybe there's some things that go against the Jedi code, maybe there isn't. These are teenagers. Some of them are knights, but, I mean, they're in their 20s. It's a whole thing. Maybe the knights look over the Padawans. Maybe the Padawans are left on their own, however it goes. But they're in this Jedi temple far off in the galaxy. Maybe the name of it has been lost to time. When suddenly, some of these young Jedi start to go missing. And when they're found, they're found mangled. They're found deceased. They're found somehow covered in rocks when uh, the rocks were another few paces away. Was it a rock slide or was this some kind of twist of fate, sick twist of fate that took their um, fellow from them? And as the story goes on, we begin to learn there's a killer amongst these Padawan. Something lurking in the shadows that moves in darkness, that moves with malice, that moves silently. And it begins picking off these Padawans until soon they realize that they've been, their temple has been infiltrated by a dark lord of the Sith, full of rage, undying, and unstoppable. Similar to Friday the 13th, films like that, this slasher seems to take more than a normal amount of damage. I'd like to see a scene where we see the Jedi corner their killer. They see his mangled face, his cracked skin, his red pulsating eye with a milky iris in the middle, his teeth grit, his blood red saber at the ready, and they begin to fight this man. And they realize he is not the best swordsman, but he is an unrelenting force. So they call upon their teachings, they call upon what their masters have given them, and they take defensive forms and they strike with opportunity. And soon, one of their strikes lands across this assailant's wrist. It glows golden and yellow and flakes away with ashes that turn to nothing. But the limb doesn't fall. The Padawans have celebrated too soon. And suddenly, the one who landed the strike is pulled into the fist of this assailant and shoved through with a lightsaber. So that is basically where I want to go. And as the story continues, we realize that this is Darth Scion. 
the undying Sith Lord who maintains his form through pure rage, pure anger. And these Padawan, maybe they make it out, maybe they don't. I don't know. But that is as far as I developed this idea. And I really love the idea of Darth Scion as a slasher. Um, again, as I mentioned before, I was traveling, so I didn't have much more time to uh, develop it out. But um, yeah, that is my that is that is my pitch, my elevator pitch: Darth Scion plus Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, Ooh, okay. I like it. That that's very cool because yeah, Darth Scion is a super super creepy, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, antagonist when. You know, when we first meet him in the game. So, yeah, I could definitely see him playing kind of the slasher role. And I really like the, you know, kind of the setting, like the abandoned, uh, you know, temple, Jedi temple, Sith temple, you know, yeah. un- unknown temple uh, that, you know, these Padawans and maybe like some uh, slightly older, like caretakers are there. They're yeah. investigating. And then, yeah, just, you know, something starts starts happening. They can't can't put their finger on it. And then, yeah, you just yeah. have this uh, ultimate like ball of rage. Like I said, Michael Myers kind of thing. You just can't, can't yep, be saying sure. <laughs> you run them, run them the through shape. with your lightsaber and it doesn't even matter. Yeah. So. Ooh, he could be a shape in the force. Ooh. <laughs> yes i love it yeah there you go Ooh, yeah, we I could like even do one. like a mirror of um where michael like impales the dude on the wall right you could do that with scion Ooh, oh totally yeah 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 100 percent. always loves could be through the like, force sticking yeah. people on the wall he loves yeah, man, jason <laughs> <laughs> that's right you just hang out here for a little bit um yeah I, I like that a lot and i think um one of the cool things about um like doing that like a jedi versus sith kind of thing is you could definitely play a lot with like the colors of the lightsabers and yeah for you sure. know, the the dark atmosphere and stuff like that where you're never quite able to see so it'd be like super atmospheric in addition to yeah you know being creepy so i also like the idea of um like with the slasher kind of thing you see a lot of characters go from like all right well i'm very centered but whenever things start to go awry, you see who they truly are under duress. Yeah. So that could play mm-hmm. into like the Jedi code, um, how they apply that to this situation, and who breaks and who ultimately, you know, uh, maybe they're formed up and somebody pulls a you know Star Lord and just tries to go ham on Darth Sion and just completely unravels the whole plan. Um, yeah, it, it could be it could be pretty uh, pretty wild, pretty good time. And it, I picture it being seen through the Padawan's eyes, like through the mm-hmm. through the young Jedi's eyes, versus Scion, because I'd like to keep him like kind Mysterious. of, um, you know, we can, yeah, yeah, we can keep his monologues maybe for the end of the of the flick. Maybe the master that's training these Padawans is one of the ones that uh, really messed him up back in the day. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, that's my pitch. I'm glad y'all like it, and I got very. Spookly-dookly. More Jet <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I like I like that a lot. So uh, let us know in the comments what you thought about uh, Huni's pitch there. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back uh, with uh, my first pitch, I guess. This film opens up on a rain-drenched city street. It gives us a flavor of the grit and grime of our location, Nar Shaddaa. In a back alley, the camera weaves its way past rundown market stalls, 
until we see the remnants of a crime scene. Security droids have marked off the scene, and we meet the lead investigator, a former Republic soldier, staring at the words, Peace is a lie, there is only passion, etched into the hardened concrete wall. Transition to a landing platform, we see our former soldier waiting impatiently as the ship slowly descends. I don't have time for this, he says to himself. Rain continuing to fall as the shuttle doors open, and out steps a young Jedi Sentinel. She confidently pulls her hood over her head to protect herself from the rain as she steps off and walks to the waiting investigator. He hurries them off to a cantina to get out of the rain and to discuss the case. Our investigator orders a drink and pulls out a data pad. His drink arrives as the young Jedi begins looking over the crime scene photos. The camera pulls back over the shoulder of the investigator as he quickly downs his drink and the light from the data pad casts an eerie blue glow upon the face of the Jedi. She stops and looks up. Something terrible is going on here, she says, as the camera spins into the image on the data pad of the words on the wall. A lightsaber etched those words, she says. I worked that out, but what do they mean? Asked the grizzled investigator. We hear her read the words as the camera slowly pulls back up to land on her face as she says. That's the first line of the Sith Code. Hard cut to black. Title screen. The Code. And then establishing shots of Nar Shaddaa. We see hut layers, bounty hunters, refugee camps, spice deals, crime, and rain. Lots of rain. We follow the story as crime scenes reveal themselves, going through the rest of the Sith Code. And any twist that is worthy, though slightly less grisly than my movie's inspiration, Seven, our Jedi Sentinel gives pursuit over the course of the film of her Sith antagonist. At the culmination of the film, she realizes that the criminal isn't a Sith, at least not yet. It's a fallen Jedi. The Sith Code has been running through her head every minute since she landed on the Smuggler's Moon. Will the light win out over her mental fatigue? Or will she be pushed past her breaking point? At the final crime scene, the fallen Jedi is waiting with the words etched onto the wall. The screen goes dark. We hear lightsaber ignite and she reads the words, The Force shall set me free. Open-ended for the audience to decide what they think her fate was. Ooh. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. So that so that is my pitch. Yeah, based on Seven, one of my favorites. Uh, uh, I don't, it's not really a horror film, but... Oh, it's a horror film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a horror film. Psychological crime drama, for sure. It's one, one of my favorites. And I was thinking about you know, watching I, it this I, year. I'm going to watch that I, this year. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, I just watched that in preparation for the pod, and it is beautifully shot. And I think the way that uh, the colors are played with, the colors mm-hmm. on Nar Shaddaa could be so gorgeous for this, because it was a lot of greens, a lot of yellows, just like, ugh, just you can like feel the grime on the screen. Yeah, I can picture it perfectly. That was great. Fun fact about uh, Seven. Did y'all know that Denzel Washington was originally approached to be, ben, to be uh, not Ben Affleck, uh, what's his face? Brad Pitt's uh, Brad Pitt? part. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. But he said it was like uh, it's a little too dark for me right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of my favorites, and I thought I thought it would be fun to play with, um, you know, to to be able to have a twist where, and you know, a lot of the Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic Two deal with like fallen Jedi and stuff, so you kind of kind of get that you know from this uh young jedi's point of view to get kind of a similar twist but uh that was my pitch hopefully everyone liked it it's, it's called the code so uh let us know what you think about that one down in the comments we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back uh with cassia's pitch 
as I as I kind of mentioned earlier, I like scary adjacent stuff. Like I don't go out of my way to watch horror movies. You know, like they say in uh, what's that one movie that I haven't seen? Is it Scream? And they say yes. they talk about horror movies and and they're like horror movies and like everyone's a suspect. Yeah, but um, so I like scary adjacent things and. When I was in college, my roommates, during the month of October, each of us would choose uh, one week to watch a scary movie. And uh, my my choice of a scary movie was uh, Carrie Fukunaga's Jane Eyre, which is kind of more of just like, it has some scary elements, but it's not like, ooh, scary, you know? It's basically a gothic horror romance novel. And I was like, do you know what would be great? Is if KOTOR 2 is sort of like a gothic horror with a, li- with a little romance, you know? And it was a novel, you know, kind of in the, in the vein of, like, Jane Eyre and Wuthering Heights, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So, imagine this. Knights of the Old Republic. Echoes and Forces. Maybe it's not 18th century enough, but this is what we have, and we're dealing with it. So, Mitra Surik wanders the English countryside after the HMS Harbinger sinks. The Mandalorian War's wounds run deep. Kreia is a nun or a nursemaid or something, and Jack is a rogue. Beodur is something, and there, and... You have to travel to all the Jedi Masters for some reason that I couldn't really think of because I was hard at work at on the Bastila audio drama. He's still alive. And then the mystery of Darth Nihilus's mask or something. And then you find your companions and allies and enemies and delve deep into the mystery and the past. And someone would say this line in it, even though it's Shakespearean, not like Austin or um, Bronte or anything, but exit pursued by a Sith Lord, that would be said, you know. And Darth Sion would probably have like a a crush on Mitra Surik because it's kind of like canon to the game. Uh, but she not interested, you know. Like, who knows if she's interested in Atten or Beodur? Or someone else, like Michael, or whatever. Maybe it's Atten versus Beodur. Like, I don't know. Uh, but Kreia is the major dynamic, you know, in this. And you think she's helping you, but is she really helping you? Um, and, yeah, so maybe it's a movie, maybe it's a novel, but... Yeah, the moral of the story is don't work hard on audio dramas so you can, like kill it in the Halloween episode. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was just waiting for someone to go, Mr. Darcy! <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Darcy. No, I actually like, I like, um, imagining what, like a, like a KOTOR 2, uh, like, gothic novel, uh, would be like. Um, yeah. cause we got, like, we got, like, those Star Wars, um, the Shakespeare, like, Star Wars things, mm-hmm. so that would be fun to do, like, other, other kind of, like, like, period styled, uh, things and I think Kotor 2 would fit into that realm uh, really well. For sure. 
All right, well, let's take a quick break, and then we will be back with Hooney's second pitch. Paris is bombarded. The city falls in on itself. The auto cannons the Sith left behind still remain operational. They gone down any ships that make an attempt to enter or exit the system. 28 days have passed. The Theresians have risen from the ashes of their previous lives. They do what they can to help one another out. And it seems that many of the social barriers that have formed this city's hierarchy begin to erode. There are people that are more handy with a lot of things on in the area and more uh, savvy when it comes to making supplies uh, last. There are those who squabble and whine about their place and the order of things and the families they belong to and the planets that they hold dear. But none of this really matters when it comes down to survival. The people join together hand in hand. Slowly, the rich and the poor begin to lean on each other. Sith soldiers are left behind from the bombardment. They feel the scorn and betrayal left by a dark Malik. Others believe they're playing their part in a master Sith plan from the Dark Lord. This has all been foreseen, and their lives are either forfeit or they're contributing to each step of the plan. An old man is set in his ways. He continues to blame newcomers for the native Theresians' plight. He casts down people from the lower levels. He must now call neighbors. Most see him as an ornery old menace. However, some come and sit. They listen to his words. They agree and so mistrust themselves. The old man begins this hungry and shunned. Now soon, followers gather. They bring him what he needs. His belly is full and his back is reinforced. An outcast comes to the surface of Terrace for the first time. He takes a full lung of air and he walks the wreckage. He's never seen the sky in his life. The sight of it is profound. He was denied entry to the promised land. Now he thinks he's truly found it. The people let the outcast join their community. He lends a helping hand, like many of the people who once served the higher class. He is resourceful, he's helpful. He knows how to make the supplies they have on hand last much longer than they really thought. There are substitutes that he brings, ideas that he offers. It seems this man is just what the surface dwellers needed. He's kind, he helps where he can, and is generous with his knowledge. It seems the stories the surface dwellers have been told were all fabrications, all lies. This man wouldn't harm any one of us. An old man does not trust him. He stirs his people to distrust the newcomer as well. One follower and the old man go to investigate the area the outcast came from. 
What they find is a door welded shut and a rhythmic banging from the other side. They call to the being on the other side and begin panicking, trying to figure out how to release them. It's clear they don't speak basic. It's only responding with guttural noises and more rhythmic banging. Clearly, the outcast is a liar and abandoned his people. Perhaps this person he's left behind was sick. Truly, the outcast was a coward. The old man's people managed to pry the door open slightly, and one looks into the hole. A claw scratches a worker, and they back away. In the hole, they see a monstrosity of dead skin, teeth, nails, and fury. A Sith trooper fires into the hole. They hear an audible thud. They flee the scene with their injured friend. There's a zoom shot toward the hole, then scraping. Suddenly, the rat ghoul rises to the hole, thrusting its head and arm through, scraping metal with its claws. A golden, glowing blaster shot, having gone clean through its gray chest. The worker begins to show symptoms. Little do they know that change has begun. They hoist their friend to the rest of the community. The change is much slower in this version. It comes in stages. It's not like super flashy, like in the game. The posse bring their friend in for medical treatment and demand the outcast answer to what happened to the worker. Who are the people that he left behind what diseases did they carry? What exactly was that creature? They bring the man out into the light in front of everyone. They scuffle, but bring him to his knees and bring the accusation to the rest of the hall. The infected worker is strapped to a table. He's treated by medical droids and the only medical prof professional left on hand after the bombing. The worker's skin has turned a gray-white pallor. The doctor attempts to sedate the man. It's clear he's in a lot of pain. He's writhing on the table, and there's these long shudders that his body gives out. But as he attempts to put that needle into this man's vein, it breaks. There is a new bone forming under the man's skin. With the lightest of pressure, the skin is punctured by what appears to be a horn or some jutting bone. In retaliation, the man bites the doctor. He grimaces, revealing teeth that have come away with one bite, leaving behind enlarged canines and misarranged, jagged teeth. The community continues to argue about the virtuousness of this man they're accusing. The arguing continues, but soon, he confesses with a whisper, we all need to run. The man on the table goes through rapid, painful change. His screams become a call, some mixture of beast and battle cry. Bone cracks, skin shifts, flesh becomes sickly and writhing. The worker transforms on the sterile medical table, surrounded by confused droids. One attempts to sedate him. It swings at the droid. Its transformation is complete. 
with the impact, peels away flesh from his ragged hand, revealing the radius and ulna have extended into some imitation of claws. The doctor screams in fear, his irises change, they become black and formless, and this scream becomes a howl. The creature accompanies his howl in unison. The wind carries this call. A scraping, ravenous rackool responds. The echo of its call bounces through the Undercity's many pipes. Soon, dozens of howls join in in response. Many bodies join this one lone rackool with the bullet in its chest. And the weld marks begin to give way. The grackles are released to the surface of Terrace, and the remaining Teresians must come together like they never have to survive. Thoughts? I like it. I like it. I like the creature transformation. <laughs> it's so yeah. ooh, it's so good and solid, like, solid, solid. Yeah. yeah, I would watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This. Oh yeah, same, same. I mean, clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's a that's a little bit of uh, twenty eight days later. That's a little bit of uh, the thing, right? So. Yep. And I imagine the tactics for fighting the Rackwolves would be kind of similar to aliens. I could perfectly mm. picture a scene where they all like have have to weld the doors shut, and they're on like maybe a higher level, and they have like a live feed to some like security droids or auto cannons or something, and you get mm -hmm. kind of like that alien scene where like the ammo is quickly depleted, and then they're just like, okay, well they've got some bullets left but it seems they've rerouted and i'm kind of ignoring a little bit of the sotor uh canon here sorry sotor fans um but i think it would be fun if in the end we do have like that prime rack ghoul that is like mm -hmm. you know uh more sentient and starts to lead them and picks up a gun or something that would be like a huge bombastic like oh my god they've evolved oh, yeah and now um, you're going to i like to romero territory yeah yeah a little bit a little bit and I like to picture that, like, I don't know, I I read World War Z, like, religiously, and um, I really, really love that story. And I love how it's really about how humanity deals with pandemics, um, deals with, like, things like this. And, yeah, I really wanted that to be part of this story as well, because it's such a juicy, juicy planet and so much lore around uh, terrorists that it could be a really fun story whenever it comes to, um, yeah, like, the... the um, the old man being set in his ways. And I really picture that being the one that's always the crier on the surface that we encounter in Kotor. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's that. Oh, also, so scratches take longer to uh, turn, but like a full bite from a rat ghoul, I picture being like, like near instant, but we go by like infected to zombie rules where it's like infected <laughs> are still human, but they like run around okay. and do whatever. And then like right. zombies are the full rat ghouls that take a little bit longer to cook, but they're still, you know that's the full form that's the freaky freaky form and yeah um, like my mind my mind went oh, to dawn nice. of the dead whenever you said scratch Ooh. and it takes longer like the Zack snyder yeah. version oh solid solid i haven't yeah. seen that yet uh, you need to yeah yeah it's it's a visual feast lots of lots of colors lots of wild stuff happening mm. but yeah um so uh let's let's just say that kotor uh, i mentioned it on our previous podcast the Ragnarok really stuck with me when I was a kid. Whenever I played that game, because I thought they were so yeah. so scary. And then I would like go back like um, a couple years later and like 
oh, they're not even that scary, but, like, the way I pictured them in my head, the way I had, like, dreams about them. And then, like, the comic uh, Vector, I think it's Vector, Star Wars Vector, um, okay. heavily features rat ghouls, and the way they're, yeah. they're portrayed in that is, like, it's it's super super, super freaky. That's very, very good. Highly recommend. Oh, very cool. Highly recommend. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, so so 28 Days Later, also one of my one of my favorite kind of Halloween uh, yeah. time go-tos, uh, one of my absolute favorites. And uh, so we kind of had shared, you know, just kind of like the, the, you know, brief kind of what this was going to be. So I was really interested to see what you did, but yeah, that sounds, that sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty spooky Solid. and pretty creepy. Thank you, thank you. Um, you, you'd mentioned uh, Dawn of the Dead. I was um, the way you were describing like the, the Rackles like moving around. Like, I don't know for whatever reason, like my mind went to like seeing like the Velociraptors in Jurassic mm-hmm. Park, like, yeah. instead of, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. figuring out how, like figuring out how to like open the doors and stuff like that. Yep. Code yep. And all that. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could picture them calling to each other and that could we could even make that, you know, uh, a part of their evolution, like they're they're learning through communication with calls. Anyway, super 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 nerdy. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's awesome. So that is uh Hooney's take on uh 20 days later in the the thing featuring everyone's favorite uh creepy uh citizens of terrace the rat ghouls so let us know what you thought about Mm -hmm. that one we're going to take a quick break we will be back with my uh second pitch and then we'll be turning it over to marcus after that so stay tuned After the events of Knights of the Old Republic, the Ebonhawk crew was due a much-needed vacation. Revan and Bastila had whisked away for some time alone. Jolie and Juhani were headed back to Dantooine to see how they fit into the Jedi in this new world. Candorus and HK were off to find the Mandalorians, to make amends, and probably start another war. And Karth was reunited with his son, Dustal, to catch up and be a family again. That left Mission and Big Z making their way back to Kashyyyk for some R&R. Karth protested when Mission asked to take the Ebon Hawk, but Evan said, Karth, relax. Let her take it. She's earned it. Plus, we didn't exactly ask when we took it either. At which Karth replied, Fair enough. We both know she'd just take it anyways. Just make sure you listen to T3. That little droid's the only one that knows how that thing works anyways. Once on board, the exhaustion from the battles and the boredom of spaceflight take over, and Mission and Big Z head off to catch some shut-eye leaving T3 all alone to pilot the ship. Things are going fine until there's a scratching noise coming from the engine room. With the defeated sound, T3 wheels his way to go investigate. But as the engine room door slides open, the lights go out. The emergency lights kick back on just in time to see a shadowy figure cross the hall behind T3. An inquisitive beep comes from the little droid as he angles his head into the engine room, but there's nothing there and an annoyed beep comes as he wheels his way back towards the cockpit. On the way, though, the Ebon Hawk shudders to a stop. Upon investigation, the hyperdrive lever has been switched to the off position. The abrupt stop wakes Mission and Big Z, who groggily arrive to ask T3 what the holdup is. More scratching, more shadows, more spooky mischief ensues. The scratching gets louder and louder, in the walls, in every cabinet and storage container, through the bedrooms, into the cockpit until it stops 
as the crew makes their way to the cargo hold. T3 unlocks the door, and as the brave little droid slowly slices into the door lock, the scratching returns and intensifies. The door slowly creeps up, and we see the spooky menace. A lone Gizka standing defiantly atop a crate of food, proud of itself for the mayhem it's caused. I thought we got rid of those, groans Big Z. I don't know, it's kind of cute, says Mission, as the Gizka hops down and joins the crew for the remainder of the trip to Kashik. Uh, so that is kind of an homage to those uh, old school uh, Halloween uh, cartoon tales. Yeah, you, know, you had, the, had the Charlie Brown, you had had the Garfield, but yeah, uh, a rogue Gizka, and that's of course uh, based loosely on uh, Alien, uh, which is another great uh, one of my one of my other favorites. Absolutely uh, perfect movie, and uh, Gizka is the absolute mm-hmm. perfect uh, nemesis, I think, for the crew here. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Oh, I want Gizkas to be real. Just just for yeah. once. <laughs> yeah. I bet their meat is juicy. I oh. want a Gizka taco at yeah. Galaxy's Edge. Gizka thigh. Ooh. Yes, yes, that'd be perfect. Give me a Gizka wrap. Give it to me. Yeah. Or a shoulder Gizka. We don't have to eat them. Uh, I'm sorry. Mm. I will eat a Gizka first. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Marcus will eat your shoulder gizka. Um, I'll, I'll do yeah, a if... turducken kind of situation, man. With the yeah. gizducken, gizducken. That's what it calls. That's right. That's right. Especially if it's going to knock your ship out of hyperdrive, it is definitely worth eating. So, yep. That is my second pitch. That is a little bit more, like I said, lighthearted and kind of those uh, more like uh, kid-friendly uh, Halloween cartoons that we all love growing up. So, uh, thanks for listening to that one. We're going to take one more break, and then we will be back with Marcus to wrap it up. So I'm going to apologize first off because this is going to get a little dark and a little violent and Cass is going to be a little angry with me in a second. Um, I'm just (laughs) going to say that now. So this story is told in the first person like the film Maniac. If you've never seen it, check it out. It's yeah, it's it's a serial killer movie from first person view of the serial killer. So that being said. We open on the surface of Manan. It's nighttime, with its bright moon lighting the station as it reflects off the water in an almost crystal-like glimmer and shine. It's peaceful. In the first-person perspective of the character we'll call... We'll call him Fleet, for now. Fleet walks up to Mission, standing at the edge of the railing, admiring the night with Zalbar standing next to her. Fleet greets them both as they share a glance of both recognition of the beautiful night. Suddenly, klaxon alarms start blaring and you see both Trask Olgo and a few Selkath race to the Sith portion of the station, and a crowd is formed around two bodies. Fleet cuts through the crowd and sees the bodies of Candorus and Revan. Fleet is shocked at the sight of his companions dead, and Zalbar comforts Mission. Accusations and panic befall the station, and an announcement from the Council of Manan is heard. All personnel and guests are ordered to return to their quarters while the murder investigation is underway. As the people begin to head back to their rooms, 
Fleet quickly radios the rest of his team. Bastilo or even Jolie aren't even answering. They're not answering their comms. Fleet, Zalbar, and Mission make a beeline to the Ebon Hawk, but are stopped by spaceport security. Fleet profusely asks to get back to the ship, but they are forbidden to leave the planet during a murder investigation. Mission says that's fair. Then a familiar scream is heard from behind the door that leads to the spaceport corridors. The sound of an older man. Security opens a door and crawling towards them, covered in his own blood and clutching his open neck wound, is Jolie Bindo. Mission rushes to him and is distraught as she tries to give him a medpack, but it's too late. Fleet kneels down to Jolie with Zalbar standing guard with his bowcaster drawn. With Jolie's dying words, through him choking on his own blood, he says, She. Ship. Bastila. Fight. Jolie lies still. Zalbar roars in just agony, and Mission lets the tears flow. The spaceport security raises the alarm once again. Fleet declares for all of them to get to the Ebon Hawk and find Bastila and help her fight and help her fight whomever is doing this. They all rush to the doors, and as they approach, they can hear the clashing of a lightsaber in the distance. A battle cry is heard, and the doors open as they all stand with blasters drawn. They see Bastila and realize it wasn't a battle cry, but a death rattle. Bastila stumbles to her knees and looks up at her companions as she draws her own saber out of her impaled body. Zalbar and Mission are the first to get to her as Fleet looks to see if anyone is behind them or exited the other landing pod to their side. Fleet turns back to Bastila and takes two steps forward and then trips on the scattered pieces of a copper-toned droid. All the pieces on the ground seem to be ripped and cut to pieces from burns similar to a torch or a lightsaber. Fleet realizes it was HK-47 at his feet, or what was left of him. Fleet then hears Zalbor roar again, but as he looks up, they're not by Bastila. The roar was coming from the ship. Fleet rushes to Bastila and tries to talk to her, but she could only say, Stop her. She then succumbs to her wound. Mission screams, help me, in the most bone-chilling tone that would make any mother rush to their child's side. Fleet lays down Basila's head gently and then rushes up the ramp. After entering the ship, Fleet sees the trail of red leading to the main room and he follows it as the fear begins to swell in him. He enters the main room and on the hollow table, is the severed head of Zalbar. A crash of equipment is heard near the back room of the ship, and Fleet briskly walks to the sound. As he approaches the door to the crew quarter in the back of the ship, a high-pitched sound of excitement is heard from behind him, and he turns and fires a quick kill shot, and it strikes T3M4. T3 screams in pain, and Fleet is so sorry. Smoke, sparks, and small flames emit from T3M4 as it begins to power down. 
Fleet says he's sorry, and says it was an accident. He didn't know. He asked T3, who has been killing the crew? But it is too late, as T3 powers down and falls apart. Then, a small hand grasps the ankle of Fleet. It's mission, as she has suffered severe cuts to her face and gut as her purple blood begins to flow heavily from her wounds onto the metal floor of the ship. Mission says in her last breath before expiring, It's her. She's gone feral. Killed her before. Fleet is now distraught, as his entire crew is dead. The ship engines rev up, and the Ebon Hawk takes off for orbit. Fleet, with all the rage and pain in his heart, marches to the cockpit. He feels the ship enter hyperspace as he passes the main room where Zalbar's remains sit. The ship exits hyperspace and lands on Korriban. Fleet rushes the cockpit but sees no one at the helm. Autopilot? He asked himself. Then, a purring noise is heard from behind him. And with both blasters drawn, he turns to see no one there. So you're the last one, are you? Fitting. You were always the one to fight for your crew down to the last man. Where are you? He asked. Home. Her words echo through the ship, and then footsteps on metal can be heard rushing toward the ramp of the ship. Fleet rushes to the ramp and sees nothing. A saber ignites from behind Fleet, and then he feels the sharp, burning pain as small plumes of smoke snake up to his view of the bottom of the ramp. The crimson blade of a lightsaber is retracted from, retracted back inside of him and out of his back. A kick to his back is felt as he tumbles down the ramp of the Ebon Hawk to the dry gravel surface of Korriban. Coughing and gasping for air, he turns over to hear the footsteps of metal on the ramp. And then the figure appears out of thin air. It is Juhani, dressed in the dark and gray robes of the Sith, with her yellow eyes meeting and piercing into fleets as she walks to him. She raises her right hand, and with a flick, she brandishes her almost four-inch Cathar claws and says, Long live the Sith. She then thrusts her claws into Fleet's face. Fleet wakes up in a scream and covered in his own sweat. He sits up as the fire from the campsite illuminates his face under the night sky of Dantooine. The entire crew of the Ebon Hawk all look at him, worry on their faces. Bastila comforts him and then tells him he was having a nightmare. Fleet then calms himself and Mission asks, What were you dreaming about? Karth replies, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Cut to black and that is called Nightmares of the Old Republic. And that is my story. (laughs) Wow. 
Dang, that's yes. uh, that's called night nightmares of uh, Brian's going to have uh, after yeah. that one. So yeah. <laughs> T three can never so, die. Um. I, see, I told you she'd be mad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. T three, yeah, T three is fine as it turns out. Um, no, that that was that was good. That was that was very dark uh, as you as you foretold us, Marcus. Um, but that that's good. I uh, I I think that's fine. For <laughs> <laughs> that's fine to tell for, children. Go ahead, for, just a for, bedtime story, you know. That's right, just a, just a little tale that you tell. Um, yeah, that's um, that's interesting. It's a good twist, you know, with uh, with yeah. Juhani there, uh, turn into the dark side because that's uh, kind of something that you're always uh, probably a little bit concerned about if you're the crew of the Ebon Hawk, I suppose. So, mm-hmm. I wanted a murder mystery at that time, and I was like, okay. At first, it was just going to be three characters, but I was like, how can I put everybody in here? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, this is how I can do it. So all that in one hour. Wow. I'm just thinking. <laughs> Solid. Go. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, that was definitely uh, definitely ended on a much uh, spookier note there for sure. Um, and I like that. Andy got a don't want to talk about it from Carthen there, too. So that is always good yeah. for the storytelling. So, uh, so I wonder. So here, here's a quick thing. Anybody know why I chose the name Fleet? Because it's his nickname. That's what I'm talking about. True fans Solid. right there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you didn't know that, you're not a true KOTOR fan. No, just kidding. We, right, we don't I'm gonna head out, actually. Right. <laughs> Unless you're drinking pumpkin spice, then, then you know. Ah, true. Pumpkin spice yeah. holds all the answers. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, you knew that the nickname was Fleet, but... You also killed T three, so I, it's kind of hey. You know, they, I didn't kill. They, uh, it. they just <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> they uh, they actually, cancel each other out. I think for sure. The bullet sailed through T three. It hit uh, like some kind of warp storm situation. Went through hyperspace, and I think I heard it hit Max Rebo, but no, no. <laughs> he's been shot before. No. See, no. now I didn't go that far. Oh my god, I didn't go that far. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, kick Hooney off of the call. That's okay. Hooney is just a little loopy. He doesn't know what he says because he is in the throes of uh, Clone Tober for sure. So truly, um, yeah. So Marcus, that was that was an excellent pitch, and Hooney, uh, both of your pitches were also excellent. Uh, Cassia, you you and I have some work to do if we want to catch up with uh, Marcus <laughs> and uh, Hooney on these Halloween stories. I think, but that's okay. That's okay. That's why we that's why we bring uh, guests like these on to tell us some awesome tales, um, and you know, tell us about what what you got going on. Like I mentioned, Hooney, you got uh, Clone Tober is going on right now. Um, we're getting close to the end of the month, so hopefully you are still with us. Hopefully you've not, you know, drank yourself silly on too much coffees. Um, but why don't you tell everyone a little bit about Clone Tober? If they've not been following along, they need to catch up because they've only got a couple days left. Yeah. So the last few days we've got some pretty solid prompts coming up. Uh, we've got the clone veteran from Dayu from uh, the Kenobi series. We've got the Purge Trooper Phase Two from the Kenobi series. Uh, the Terror Trooper. That's another another deep little little lore bit for folks, and we end it with the Black Wing Project Subject Zero. So, fans of uh, some of the darker aspects of Star Wars reading will remember a little film or a little film, a little book called Death Troopers and a certain oh, type yeah. of virus that mm-hmm. travels through uh, the Star Wars characters that we love and some that we meet and say goodbye to pretty quickly. 
So yeah, um, it's it is it is so much every year. Um, it started as kind of an alternative to Inktober because of some controversy with um, uh, what's his name, Jake Parker, um, the one that created the Inktober challenge. And I followed each one of those throughout the throughout the years. Um, back in college, I think I started, and I tried to. The concept is you try and work on a piece of art and have it up um, for each day of October. So it's a personal challenge. Okay. Um, it's kind of morphed into its own a uh, bunch of its own branching ideas and concepts and different fandoms and stuff. So it's really fun. Um, I think I'm, I, I've done a few of them, um, like, sporadically. Different prompt lists, I mean, like, hopped between the, the few that I see. And, yeah, it's a good time. And um, Clone-tober has been a blast. But I do think this might be our last year doing it. I tried to follow a narrative with the clones. So the first Clone Tober mm-hmm. was the Clone Wars. The second Clone Tober was um, leading into Order 66 and the Dark Times. Oh. And this is post-Order 66. So this is going to be all either old clones or, or like clones that survived 66 and are trying to make their way in the universe. A universe that's changed. A, new, a universe that has no real use for them other than continued servitude. So it's mm. up to the artists themselves if they want to... Um, go by the canon story i'm fully this is the first year i'm fully open to like au stuff like alternate universe stuff where like say we have like a character like jesse or fives or whoever we see die in the clone wars but um in this art challenge how do you see um that character surviving if they survived so mm. it's a fun time it's a good time and i've got a lot of uh really passionate folks on instagram that you know, post with me every year and kind of go through um, the pain, the trials, the tribulations, the joy, the the gleeful um, uploads every time whenever you see somebody else upload a new thing and you're like, oh, yes, yes, we're in it together. Like, it is it is so fun. It's so great. It's so draining. I have an espresso machine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, whenever, whenever October is through and done, uh, I will I will be able to sleep properly again. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a blast and a little sneak peek to listeners of the Old Republic podcast. Next year we will be doing Imp Imp Timber, so September oh, okay. Imperial Art Challenge versus October because it's uh, kind of become pretty big for everyone posting their stuff in October, and I think it's uh, about time to move to a new month. And it seems like a lot of the art community is doing that as well. So, yeah, uh, get your pens and uh, your sketchbooks ready for next year if you want to join next year. And, um, yeah, I really hope you all have uh, enjoyed those who have uh, been following and been drawing themselves or creating themselves. Um, Yeah, and I hope you're well rested um, at the end of this. (laughs) Cool, boy. Um, Yeah. I'll tell you who's well rested. Uh, T3, that's for sure. Oh, oh, it's true. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he's stretching yeah. because these pieces are all over the floor there. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, oh. that's, that's HK. He's oh, that's true. That is. Yeah, yeah. That... Too far. 
that hits too close to home, <laughs> too far, too far. That's right. Well, Hooney, you've only got a couple of days until November first, and then you can uh, you can hibernate, and we'll check in on you in the spring, I guess, yeah. after you've caught up on some rest. Uh, that'll be good. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely make sure you follow along with the uh, with Clonetober. You can, um, I'm assuming you can see all of Hooney's art at least on uh, your Instagram, Hooney. You'll be posting yep. that stuff every day, I assume. Yep, uh, on Instagram, I'm gonna. I, I'm trying to post a little bit more to like other platforms like Twitter because Instagram and its uh, malevolence, malevolent malevolent uh, <laughs> algorithm has uh, you know uh, a, a way with their yeah. users. That's not yeah. the most polite sometimes. So I'm shifting to uh, Twitter, to ArtStation, to you know other platforms. But uh, yeah, that's where I'm the most active is Instagram. Awesome. Okay, yeah, and that is that is at uh, Hooney, H-O-N-N-I-D, so make sure you're following uh, that. Follow along for Clonesoberfest and, you know, keep an eye on, on all of the, uh, the books and all the other projects that Hooney has in the works, so keep an eye on that. Um, we're going to definitely keep an eye on it, and we'll let you know um, as we get any information about that stuff coming out because we want to make sure that we point people in the direction of Hooney there. And Marcus, uh, you basically, you broke all of our hearts. Uh, you got us. <laughs> we were, we, I was, I was in the mood to have like a, like a little snack sized Milky Way, but now I'm in the mood to have like a hundred snack sized Milky Ways and eat away the pain, mm. uh, that you caused with your story. Uh, but why don't you tell people where they can find you? What do you have going on? Is the, the Mosley reviews going to be doing some, some Halloween movies? maybe there's a lot of spooky stuff coming out to the theaters and uh hollow chronicles uh tell people where they can reach out to you and find more information about that stuff and listen to your stuff and read your stuff all that stuff well once again i am so sorry but at the same time it's an artistic expression so guess what horror is not for everybody it's gonna break your heart so (laughs) heart heart broken Exactly. Yeah. Uh, like you said, uh, I have Hollow Chronicles season three. Um, I'm prepping it to get ready, getting into ready to record. Um, fun fact: I might as well tell everybody here. That's right here. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to announce it right here. Cassia, Brian, and Hooney are going to be in the show. I won't tell you where. What? You will, yes, they're going to be on it. It'll be a surprise of where you can find them. They're scattered throughout the show, but you will hear them. So it won't just be me doing all the voices this time. I have specific areas where I need other people's voices. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, also, I am I am a part of the KOTOR adaptation from Unreal Cinema. So our trailer's out there right now. Go see it if you haven't watched it. Just type in KOTOR uh, trailer from Unreal Cinema and you will find it. It's amazing and I can't wait for you guys to see the first episode. I am Trask Olgo, or I'm sorry, I'm Trask Olgo, Ensign with the Republic Fleet. Definitely check it out. It's going to be amazing. I don't have a release date. You're going to have to ask Unreal himself. Pepper him. He's on Discord. Just go, 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 go. Tell him. <laughs> it's like, I want the show. I want the show. Um, also, there was a lot of alien love that was given in this episode. Ooh. So I'm very happy about that. So also, I do have a podcast that I did a long time ago. It was a mini series, about five episodes, I believe, called The Last Survivor of Hadley's Hope. So, if you're an alien fan or aliens, this tells the story of a engineer that worked on the station of LV on uh, called Hadley's Hope on LV426. You get to experience his perspective of when the aliens actually took over the station, when the xenomorphs start taking everyone. It's creepy. It's scary. And I hope you enjoy it. Let me know in the comments on this episode or just message me on Instagram at the Marcus Mosley 
uh, on Instagram, Twitter, The Mosley Review. You can find me there for my film reviews and TV reviews now. Uh, I review a lot of Marvel and whatever TV shows I'm watching. Um, that's basically where you can find me. And uh, if you're looking for a voice actor, I'm here. Just reach out to me. I will message you. <laughs> also, what else did you do, Marcus? I did something even more special that's even more Star Wars related. So, Cassia, um, I we got together and we are co-writers on Cassia's idea for the Bastila, um, or short, that she's doing a radio drama on. And I am a voice in the show. And Cassia, do you want to do the honors of telling him who I am? Or do you want to leave that as a secret? Um, let's just say you are the narrator for part one of this Bastila-themed triptych. And you were born to be a narrator. We just kind of heard you narrate, mm. even though it was a horrifying tale where everyone <laughs> I love died. Yeah. But um, mm. I was like, dang, his voice is just so good. He's so good at narrating. So, um, yeah, you're going to be the narrator and a few other voices throughout the throughout the ride, you know? And also maybe even Spaceship Earth. So, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. Marcus. Marcus currently is going to be narrating my nightmare that I'm going to have tonight. So thanks a lot for that, Marcus. But no, <laughs> definitely. Nightmares of the Republic. <laughs> definitely. Definitely make sure you check out uh, Marcus and Hooney um, on Instagram and, you know, online. Find them on Twitter or wherever. Uh, wherever your uh, platform of choice is. But uh, make sure to follow along because they have a lot of really cool stuff uh, coming out. And want to thank both of you guys for coming on. We appreciate it. We always uh, have a great time when you're both on. And I think that uh, you two are uh, most uh, frequently repeated uh, guest stars. So, uh, you know, uh, always love Proud having you guys here. on. Yeah. Yeah. Do we get like jackets? Do we get the. Uh, oh, do we get a letter club, jacket? Like, I want a letter yeah. jacket. We don't I have jackets, it. but we will send you something. So we don't we don't have Very jackets. Solid. Go go buy go buy yourself a jacket, and we'll we'll just uh, we'll say that that's the jacket. <laughs> solid. <laughs> uh, yeah. So of course, as you guys always end the episode, but I want to end the episode with something a little creepy that I wrote just as we were listening to stories. So if y'all want to hear it, you can. Yes, indeed, you can end that's, on it. that's that's, that's right. Yeah. So. So thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Make sure um, you rate and review the podcast five stars, please. That would be awesome. Uh, follow us on uh, YouTube and uh, keep an eye on all that stuff. Uh, we'll get you more information about the uh, audio drama that Cassia and Marcus are working on. And, uh, yeah, just keep an eye on it. We've got a lot of really fun stuff coming up through the end of the year. So uh, with that in mind, uh, happy Halloween, Marcus. Take it away. I can see into your future. I see candy, but most of all, fear. And something spooky. Happy Halloween. Look out behind you! Public podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. 
You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.